to the Cultivate Podcast. I'm Tammy Brown, and together my husband Matt and I founded Sandals Church with the vision of helping people to be real with themselves, God, and others. Out of that vision came a personal burden to inspire and challenge women to cultivate kindness towards one another. My heart for Cultivate is to come alongside women so that we can grow spiritually wise, relationally kind, emotionally healthy, and connected in community. This podcast is my way of inviting you to join me for real conversations about what God's Word has to say and what it looks like for us, real women, to cultivate it into our everyday lives. Always keeping in mind that we might not be where we want to be, but if we pursue this, we won't be where we were. Okay, this week we are talking about the helper on the Enneagram. That's the style two, the helper. Helpers are motivated by feeling loved. They have an internal need to be needed. They tend to focus on the needs of others. The core sin for the helper is pride and they avoid their own needs in pursuit of meeting others. They have a fear of being unworthy and tend to feed that fear by finding worthiness and identity in what they can do to serve. Um, The underlying emotion for them is a shame of having needs because their needs shouldn't matter because everyone else's needs are more important. And helpers need to constantly embrace humility, being defined by Jesus's love instead of how much they can do. So joining me today is one of my favorite people on our staff here at Sandals. Not that I have favorites, but some people have been here longer and I know better. So by default that happens, but Megan Rank. Hi, Megan. Hello. I'm very happy to be here. Your last name, right? Okay. It's, it's Rank. Rank. Yes. I got it wrong for the first couple of years and then my husband corrected me. It was hilarious. Yeah. So it's more of like an (laughs) EI sound, like a German rank. Rank. Yeah. Like not rank. Wrench. A lot of people say rent. A lot of people say ranky. Rennick. I'll I'll respond. It's fine. So, okay, Megan, your primary style on the Enneagram is a helper. Yes. And what's funny about this is I'm looking at the motivation and it's being needed. And like Megan's on vacation right now and (laughs) supposed to be taking this time off, but she knew I needed her. She came in, which is the antithesis of what she should be doing. Okay. But to be fair, I'm calling it my Sabbath week. It's a restful week and I'm only doing things that are life-giving and being on the podcast with you is life-giving. That makes me feel so good. So you are a helper on the Enneagram, which means you're motivated by helping others yeah and avoiding your own needs do you is that true for you yeah absolutely <laughs> and I would usually I hate that it is but it is true that, that's what's funny about the Enneagram to me is like everyone has so much grace for every other style that comes mm-hmm. their own style I'm like I hate this about me but you know what I say is that the Enneagram every style is needed yeah. like humanity is made up because of God's just genius and brilliance of all the styles because it takes all the kinds to like make this giant mosaic of humanity work. Yeah. Right. And without people like you, helper is my second highest. So I, know, I love I, that. I rate, I relate about a lot of this. And I actually learned very early on um, in my work of using the Enneagram as a tool to try to get healthy because I was so unhealthy. I actually have a lot of resentment for my two mm. because I used my to the helper in me as like what I would say is a feeder. My primary style is the six, but I would do things for people because I thought it cemented their loyalty to Mm. me. 
So I would exhaust myself. To, and then if they weren't loyal or they left or left sandals, I'd be like, but look at everything I did for you. Yeah, that's hard. Then I have a lot of one. Then I'm mad at them. <laughs> then I'm like elevating myself. Like, look how good I was to you, pride. It's yeah. like a whole mess of a situation <laughs> for me. So for you, what? how has the Enneagram helped you be real with yourself? Oh, yeah. Um, Well, I was going to say, too, I'm just really thankful that you and Matt brought the Enneagram into our culture Mm. at Sandals because it's been so, so helpful and impactful. Um, Identifying the attributes of the two has been huge for me. It's not like I didn't know these things about myself, but it put context around them Mm -hmm. um, and grew my self-awareness of them, too. So maybe I already knew that this is who I am, but now I'm even more keen, like, hey, this is a a moment where I'm acting unhealthy or here's a moment where I'm like, I'm really utilizing the the gifting of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been huge. Um, I would like to say that I don't think about it very often, but it probably comes up weekly, if not more, because it's just so impactful. The Enneagram? Yeah. Like just to think about um, not just myself, but how to engage with others. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just being aware of how my giftings and my brokenness can impact the people around me, Mm -hmm. not just myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think what's so important, and I have a goal to, to remind people of this every week is when people take the assessment and they figure out their primary style, they tend to just look at the brokenness of it and be like, prideful and whatever, you know, and just see the ugliness of it. And my pursuit in introducing the Enneagram to everyone is just it was sort of out of my own journey of to say like, you know how exhausting it is to only see your the deficit you have because you're not the strength of every one of the other styles and, and how freeing it is to lay those all aside of everything you're not and pick up who you are. And so the beauty of the helper is you really are so necessary because we can't go through this world alone Mm -hmm. and not everybody has the heart to help like you know one of the the beauty and this is true about you how long have you been on staff here at sandals it's been 10 years and how long have you been at sandals um i think october 17 years yeah i so you've been here a while in our culture and so you know this to be true but not not everyone instinctively sees the needs of others. Yeah. Helpers tend to be able to just look at a situation and know how they can step in and intervene and and help carry the load. Yeah. Because what we know is we we can't go through life alone. We need one another. Although some of the styles, like the eight's gonna be like, I don't need anybody, <laughs> you know, but they do. Um, but helpers just have this instinctive need to meet the needs of others. How do you think, I mean, how do you think that plays out for you? Yeah, I was thinking, so one, I love that. Like I I can look at a person or a room and it just stands out. I don't have to work very hard to figure out what someone or a situation needs. What I actually have to work harder on is assessing where is my place? When is it my time to fill a need? When is it not? Because just because I can see the need in someone doesn't mean that it's my responsibility. That's going to be my next thing is okay. to say, like one of one of the things that repels people from helpers, tell me if you've experienced that, is when you overstep. Oh, absolutely. And you're like, oh, let me just meet this need that you didn't want or want that way or like wasn't your business to me or and it repels people and I say that as a fellow I have so much too in me and have you had a situation where you've done that and it's it's caused some tension honestly it's it's been a really long time um 
but I can think of a memory like that where I've been the one doing it. Yeah, but I'm, you've been doing a lot of work. I know. I'm saying so. like I've worked really hard the last few years in mm-hmm. growing in my beauty and and um, mending my brokenness in my two. Um, so I can't think of an in a situation. But what I do know is that I have even as a two been repelled by other twos. And, <laughs> and I was just joking with a friend about how like. Um, as an as a person trying to be a healthy too, I don't love engaging with unhealthy twos. But I bet any style could say that. Like as you're pursuing mm-hmm. health, you're gonna want to avoid the unhealthy side. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I've watched um twos repel others and almost being like on the outside. And even that isn't a great situation. Like you just see the chaos ensuing between those those relationships and doesn't look good. Oh yeah, yeah. So as someone who has a lot of two in them. Um, and I'm married to someone who has very little too. <laughs> Matt and I have like each other's opposites. Everything I am, he's not, which there, that's a good thing once you start getting healthy, but it's yeah. frustrating when you're not. But I used to really struggle with this. I'm wondering if you have had this struggle or what that's played out is I would get my feelings hurt if Matt would be like, I don't need you. I want you, mm-hmm. but I don't need you. Which to like the average person listening, Seems like such a healthy thing yeah. to say. But I was like, you don't need me. Yeah, what? Like, yeah. that is like saying, like, basically, you could go drive off a cliff and I'll <laughs> never see you and it won't matter. And he's like, I want you with everything in me, like, yeah. in my life. But I wanted to be needed more than I wanted mm-hmm. to be wanted. I had that really upside down. Have you ever experienced that? Or Yeah. One thing in my um, research of Enneagram and like growing in learning about myself is I have struggled to identify with the phrasing that they use with twos mm. of like not feeling worthy of love, not feeling needed. Those weren't necessarily wrong, but they'd never like, they weren't they the strongest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I figured out um, a couple of years ago that the phrasing, um, I'm not worth paying attention to like really like hit home. Um, and so oh, I'm writing that down right yeah, now. Yeah. Like Keep that, has, that has been huge that, that like, and that probably plays into being needed and loved and worthy, but um, well, here's what I think why it's brilliant that you said that I've never heard that is that because you pay attention to everybody else instinctively. Yeah. And, and you're like, and, and you will choose 10 to tell me if this is true for you. You won't think of yourself because in the way that you're thinking of others, then someone will think of you. Yeah. But most people aren't twos in the world. And so then you cannot be thought of when you're thinking. So that's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. And that's when the great that's where the greatest conflict for me has come from is when my spouse, my husband Thomas, or people in my life do something or don't do something, and then it feels as if I'm not worth paying attention to. Like that's where you will see. I'm like, shut down. You're still yeah. like, I'm still like, that language is yeah. so good. Yeah. You can thank Lori Albee for that. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> She's amazing. But she helped me process through that years ago. Oh, that's really, really mm-hmm. good. Um, I think that's really important because like I said, like need to be needed, but I think it's the attention, mm-hmm. the, the, the attention that you do pay to, to, hey, you might need help with this, or I can see you're struggling with this, or I'm really good at this, or or twos are very sacrificial. Mm-hmm. And so that's so much of the beauty. I'm, I'm going to read through some of the beauty, and I want to tell, I want you to tell me what resonates okay. with you. I got to find it. Um, the beauty of the helper, the two, is their ability to intuitively recognize the needs of people around them and have a genuine desire to address those needs. Last week, we talked to the one. The ones might not have a genuine <laughs> desire to help you, but they might because it's the right thing to do. Mm, yeah. 
Nothing like some begrudging help. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Twos will help you because they actually have a heart to help you. And they reflect God's love and heart for service. Um, God sent us the Holy Spirit, right? He's our helper. Um, So they intuitively recognize the needs of people around them, genuine desire to help address the needs. They're great listeners with a generous, they're generous with their time and their resources. Like whatever I have, it can be yours if it helps. Um, The two's helpers are dedicated friends and desire to see the world as a more loving place. Yeah. What what in that kind of sticks out to you? You're like, yep. Yeah. That's I mean, every single one of those is good, but the last one like really lands, especially in this last year and a half that we've had. It's been incredibly painful. If you're listening to this like forever from now, we are <laughs> what we hoped would be the tail end of the COVID pandemic. Yeah. It's almost we're going on almost two years now. So who knows when the tail end <laughs> will ever be, but we are still yeah. in that. And it's but been that's a weird been painful time. to navigate is just seeing the pain that that last year and a half mm-hmm. has caused and mm-hmm. the um, the fighting amongst people. And it's been very unloving in a lot of ways. And as someone who just desires for people to get along and enjoy oh, yeah. each other. Also been, the pandemic, there's been race wars, there's been political wars, there's been a lot of so much wars. Yeah, <laughs> so much. Um, one of the things that's so important to me, and I already said this, is that people can go, you know what? This is the beauty that I bring to the mm-hmm. world because I think we as humans struggle with that. Yeah. So outside of their list, this list that I just read, what is some beauty you're like, yeah, this is this is what I bring to my actual world. Oh gosh. Um just go for it. No shame in it. Okay. I was gonna say, you're telling the person whose person is pride. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't gotten to that yet. We're yeah. getting to that in a minute. Um uh I'm really good at what I do. And I appreciate that I can infuse my like skill in my, especially in my workplace Mm -hmm. with love and genuine care for others. Mm -hmm. And that took me a long time to like really embrace and own. I used to think that I wasn't going to be as strong of a leader, Mm. that my two was actually like me being a two was actually weakness. And it just in the last couple of years, really owning like, no, this is a strength. This is a way that I get to lead and love others. Like someone shouldn't be leading if they don't have a heart to help. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, what they see as being helpful might differ, but the heart should still be to help. Yeah. But there was just something about the care and emotion that comes with being a two that I perceived incorrectly was not a great leadership trait, that Mm. it would get in the way of my ability to lead others well. Mm -hmm. And it's only been in the last couple of years that I've realized that is totally false. And that actually, when you're in your healthiness, when you're caring well for others and it's genuine and you're not like pushing on your your boundaries, Mm -hmm. you can actually lead very well. Absolutely. I love that you brought up boundaries because I'm going to transition into the brokenness of a two can be that. Um, If if you are a two, some of the struggle you might have relationally is that you plow over boundaries Mm -hmm. and your heart and motivation might be in the right place, but you might not have the right to speak in, to control, to take over that people don't want. And so one of the ways I hear you saying you got healthy is you've started to go with what's my place. You ask yourself before you move. I shared that I struggled with my two in an unhealthy way of I would do and help others 
as a means to, I say, feed my six, feed Mm -hmm. people to owe me loyalty or so that we would be secure and safe. Um, But I have grown into a place where I ask myself, why? So it's like, you're asking, when should I do something or should I? I would say, why am I doing it? Mm. Am I helping someone because I'm wanting to secure a relationship? I'm wanting to like them more. I'm wanting to make them secure, you know, like that we're going to be good. We're safe if I exhaust myself to do all the things. Some people are just like, yeah, thanks for doing that. Okay, bye. I have party with my friends and you're not one of them and you're not invited, but I appreciate that you painted my house today. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, I had to ask myself why. And I think some people, um, a lot of twos, asking yourself why you're doing something for someone mm-hmm. because twos can really build resentment. And that's where I think that pride comes in. So that pride and resentment really sort of like they, they best friend up, if you will, because you'll think in yourself like, well, look at all the good I'm doing, Yeah, you know, cause helping people is good and it's, it's right. And like, you're doing it on their behalf, you know, just to be helpful and to be loving. And we can really pat ourselves on the back for that. You know, like I can be like, you know what I've done for people today and like pat myself all day long. Like <laughs> Matt will say, I'll come home and be like, guess what I did? How awesome I was today. I did this for someone and this for someone. And then I'm exhausted for my family. I didn't he'd be like, well, did you exercise today? Did you buy the dog food today? No, because we needed that. I needed that, but that didn't make the list. And he would be like, why is your list so wonky? Like I have a lot of one too. So the yeah. list of who I should be helping and what needed to get done and whose needs getting to met. That was a mess for me yeah. prior to the Enneagram. But now I ask myself why I'm doing it, what needs to get done, what's my motivation. Um, but the boundaries thing, so let's look at the brokenness. You tell me what resonates for you or if there's something that I'm not saying that you're like, no, here's all. Here's also like, <laughs> not me, but a friend that I have that's a helper. Has this, <laughs> but I know okay? of. Yeah. I don't struggle with this, but I have a friend who, the brokenness can surface when the gifts of the helper become exaggerated to see the needs of others. I'm sorry, let me read this. Oh, to see only the needs of others. And you, I know you and I have talked about this, that twos can get so hyper-focused and exaggerate the gift of helping others so much that mm-hmm. it goes to an unhealthy place of where you neglect your own. Yeah. What does that look like for you? I mean, I mean, or how has it looked? Yeah. People are always going through hard times. If you're on the search to find someone who has a need, you will find them, (laughs) but then you will just burn yourself out. Mm, Um, The burnout. Yeah. And so just being really clear, when is it appropriate? What I've learned a lot about filling other people's needs is that it oftentimes can be harmful. Um, not just to the relationship, especially if they weren't, they didn't want you to fill a need, but also in their own personal development. Um, that is so good. Yeah. Like if I'm, if I'm doing something, I mean, I'll use my staff as an example. If I'm doing something for someone that reports to me, there may be times where that's appropriate, but also did I, did I take a, an opportunity for them to grow or learn in something? Um, and I have to evaluate that constantly mm-hmm. because it might be genuine, my desire to fill their need, but also did I sabotage their own growth by doing it for them. And that is pure gold because, and I, I talked on the one, how I would just do things for my kids because I'm like, well, I can just do it right. Yeah. You know, Ethan, I'll load the dishwasher because you're two and you're not going to do it right. And I did, I did take from him some learning and growing and responsibility, which builds all of our character away from some of my kids because I would just do it because I wanted to do it right. 
But like you're saying, I would help in ways where I'm like, maybe you needed to go through that and figure it out without mm-hmm. me helping you figure it out so that you would know better or grow better or learn more. And um, you're right. Like when you plow through those boundaries, you do, it's not always helping. Yeah. So that that is so good. Okay. Um, all right, you oh, twos tend to see the needs of others and ignore their own, and that turns into a form of pride that can look like false humility. Mm-hmm. How does that sit? <laughs> I, since I'm currently on a week of time off, it sits strongly. Um, one thing in my journey of like figuring out how to be healthier as a two that has been the hardest is, is this piece of self-care. Um, cause it's not that I don't want to take care of myself or that I don't want to prioritize my needs. There's, there's a huge gap with actually understanding what is helpful for me and like what will be life-giving. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I oftentimes have really great friends that are like, okay, how can I help? How can I encourage you? Like, what do you need? And I'm like, I really don't know. And I'm mm-hmm. sure I need something, but I, I don't even know. Well, and I think that's key. Um, like we, you know, for the ones I said, you need to ask yourself, how do you have fun? How do you relax? What needs to be on the list? And I think that's for twos. You oh, you need to be checking in of what do I need? Yeah. And here's the thing where the pride and the resentment for the two can come into that brokenness for play is twos do have that gifting of, of seeing others, seeing the need, seeing how to meet it, knowing how to meet it. And so th- they, if you're not careful, twos forget that not everyone has that. So it's mm-hmm. like, I'm seeing your needs. You should be seeing mine and, and just know. Yeah. Well, that doesn't play out so well in marriages, <laughs> in close friendships, because that's where that bitter resentment can come in of like, well, I know your needs. Why didn't you know mine? Yeah. Well, I didn't tell you. Well, you didn't tell me. Well, you shouldn't. Yeah. And twos can become so unaware of because they're so hyper-focused. And so I think on the road to growth and health to really be the best version of who God made you to be, that has to be a part of the helping is like, what, what, do, what help do I need? And to ask for it. Like twos would rather die than ask for help, <laughs> but they would, they would be livid if someone else had a need and didn't reach out to them. Oh, totally. Like the, the backwardsness in that, you know, the hypocrisy in that is, yeah. is so that it's a wide gap because you would never feel bad if someone asked you for help. No. Yeah. And once I can put myself in on that side of things and Mm -hmm. think like, okay, if I were, if I were my friend and she didn't tell me that she needed help, how would I feel? Okay. What can I do Mm -hmm. to ask for help or to reach out, even though it doesn't feel natural or right? Yeah. So I think if you're a two out there, um, one of the things you need to be thinking about is what is the help I might need in my world? And then step out in humility because twos can find pride in not needing help. Yes. But we all having it all together. Yeah. We all need help. And so what is this, what are some areas you need help in? It might be some physical help. Like I'm working full time and I have four kids. And if you can afford it, like maybe I need help cleaning the house once a month, or maybe I need help with the carpool situation, or maybe I just need help processing something. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it could be physical. It could be emotional. It can be relational. Maybe I need to talk to somebody about my boundaries. You know, maybe I need help in saying no. Mm-hmm. Twos don't like to say no. No. 
they want to be able to do it. Do everything. everything. And and here's a when you say yes to everything, you're saying no to something, and it tends to be for the helpers is yourself. And so that can come manifest itself in being um, having your own relationships totally fall apart, your health fall apart because you'll neglect. You know, your eating, your exercise, your your Bible studies. Like, I got to get up and go do this thing, and that's where that that like fine line of pride and humility comes in. Of like, because because everything you're doing, like it is like you should take pride in like the work that you're doing for everyone. But twos in your pursuit of growth always need to be embracing humility. Like, why am I doing this? This is a good thing to do. It's not about me. It's about Jesus in me and the way he made me. Yeah. And because I'm doing for others, doesn't make me better than others. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so one. hard. That's a big one. <laughs> because we can think that, you know, of like, well, look at everything I'm doing. Yay me, you yeah. know, and we can diminish others real quick by making ourselves better than others because we think we're doing a better work. So, okay, I'm going to read through a few things. Um, when health, uh, yeah, when healthy, like the beauty that it looks like, and when you're living unhealthy, and and for everyone listening, when I say this on each of the styles, you know, we're all a mixed bag of healthy and unhealthy anytime. Like I could be in here right now, my healthiest self, and walk out this room, see someone who's hurt me, or I don't feel safe, secure, loved by, and become the most unhealthy version of myself. So when people take the assessment, they'll be like, "Why am I 99% healthy, 99% unhealthy?" It just means when you're when you feel safe, secure, loved, you're probably really um, mirroring all the beauty of that style because you feel like you can be the healthiest version of you. And when you don't feel safe, secure, and loved, your coping mechanism becomes all that brokenness. So we're both at any given time of the day. You know, it's like, it depends who you're around. But um, unhealthy helpers um, tend to define themselves by the needs of others. And I was that way when I said, Matt would say, I want you, but I don't need you. I literally was like, then why are we even married? <laughs> you know, like, I love you. I know. But I also want you to not be able to survive without me. Hmm. That's gross. <laughs> yes. Right? But that was me. <laughs> Old me. I had a friend like that. <laughs> a friend. Yeah. Um, helpers can, um, when they're unhealthy, can lack an internal sense of value for themselves because they don't think their needs matter even though they think everyone else's do. And so that's why you can gauge a health by, am I taking time for me to mm-hmm. sleep? Like, am I saying yes to things seven nights a week when I have kids at home and a husband? That's not taking care of yourself. Am I saying yes to everything when I need sleep? Am I saying yes to not having time to plan food for my family? So we're eating out all these times because we're in pursuit of helping everyone else, you know? Um, am I saying yes to helping others and I didn't exercise, which we know is part of our mental and physical health, you know? Am I saying keeping myself so busy helping others that I don't have time for God? Mm-hmm. And so they can lose a sense of self and feel like I'm nobody unless I'm doing for others. And what God wants the helpers to know is you're somebody because I said you are. Yeah. And this gift came from me. It's not of you. And and if you don't take care of you, you are no good to help anyone. Yeah. And you said this word earlier, burnout. Burnout. Tattoos tend to be very, very burned out. Um, compulsive health. This is if you know you're operating unhealthy is you can be compulsive um, helping and not know how to say no. And focus... Um, Oh, I already said this, focus on self-care. But when, like, what are those, th- what of those things I said, like 
defined by the needs of others, lack of internal self-value, compulsively helping, not being able to say no. Like, I know you've done so much work, so you really are living more often in the healthy side of this though. But what are some of those things that you knew, like when you're real with yourself, were true about you? I think the one of that list that is the hardest for me still is Um, self-love. There's a lot of um, mental energy that I have to spend to remind myself that God loves me and made me this way and that I have value just purely because God gave it to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I will probably have to, in some ways, do that mental work for my whole life in Mm -hmm. pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's one of the biggest things is just fighting that insecurity and just remembering that I have value. And like, I, I know it deep down inside, like, and there's moments where I, I feel it, but it isn't all the time. And so I have to fight for that. Yeah. The, the helper in that regard needs to always remember that they don't matter because of what they do, but they matter because of whose they are. Yeah, exactly. And if, you know, I, I just think that I talked about the hamster wheel for the one, the hamster wheel of the mind, the inner critic always going for the helper, that hamster wheel is literally the doing and the busyness and that burnout. And again, when you're not taking care of yourself, you'll run yourself down. And then that very thing that God designed you to do, which helps others, you have nothing to give Mm -hmm. when you're running on empty. And so twos and helpers who don't steward themselves well are actually diminishing the gifting of God because they haven't, they have no resource to do the very thing God made them to do. Yeah, trying to pour out when you have nothing to pour is pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've there's a couple of seasons that I strongly remember where I've seen this in myself. And so now I'm I'm always trying to do what I can to mitigate repeating that scenario. Mm-hmm. Cuz I don't want to be back there. Right, right. Um so when healthy, the beauty of the two can come out in these ways that they really are servant harder to those around them. They're not helping to find identity, helping so they can feel good about themselves, helping because they just feel like they have to be, have their hands in every single thing, you know, or they're left out, but they're servant hearted towards them around there. That's the beauty. Um, they're driven to meet the needs of others. And like I said, the beauty of the two is like Matt, I already said, I'm sorry, I'm constantly talking about Matt and I, but we're the two closest we're doing this work together. You know, he, he, I'll be like, oh, I need to, this person I can see, they need this. Like, how do you see that? Like, he doesn't see like that. Yeah. You know, um, he has his whole own other set of things that he sees and knows that I'm like, how did you know that? You know, because we're different. But twos, the beauty of that is re- you really can see a need. Yeah. You, twos can see needs that a person might not even know they have and, and meet that need and change someone's life, you know, and, and bring someone to a place of like feeling not alone in this world or feeling the love of God for them or, you know, and it's twos believe everyone sees that way because they do, but it's just so not true. Um, when healthy twos can be received as very gentle, compassionate, and sacrificial. When unhealthy, it's abrasive, it's brash, it can be controlling, like, here's how this is going to be because I know how this has to go because I'm helping, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, kind of a deal. Um, twos are very relationally oriented to their surroundings, very intuitive with people. Um, people feel seen and known, which all of us, right, isn't part, part of us all being our healthiest self is feeling seen, 
known and loved for who we are. Twos, when healthy, are catalysts for every other style on the Enneagram because of that very thing. Um, they're generous and considerate towards others and good, li- good listeners and express empathy. This is all true about you. I was going to say, maybe you should tell me if (laughs) you receive me as healthy. I I do receive you. And one of the things about you that I've loved is I've seen you say, this is a tool Mm -hmm. to help me connect with who God made me to be. And, you know, some of the criticism that the Enneagram gets is is like, it's not spiritual. It's not godly. It's whatever. Um, We just think it's a tool. And when used right, not everyone uses it right. When used right, you start the project with it and then you put the tool down and you continue the process. And what we want people to go is like, no, here's who God made you in your case, a helper. What are your other two highest? I am a two, seven, three. Two, seven, three. Okay. Seven, the enthusiast wants to have fun. If I can help someone along the way. Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I We're going to talk about this later, but I'm wondering how your two and your seven play together because sometimes you have to drop the helping to go have the fun. Yes. And I bet that's a real internal conflict. Yes. Well, <laughs> and if I'm, if I'm focused, I can utilize my seven to give myself self-care. Like if I'm paying attention, I have to be, oh. I have to be paying attention. I always though. say the numbers play together oh. and how, how, like my two and my six play together in a very unhealthy, dysfunctional way. I had to kick the two off the playground there, <laughs> <love> honestly, <laughs> um, because it wasn't good, but they do play together. And I've that's heard a why. lot of people say like, you shouldn't focus on multiple numbers, but I find a lot of um, complexity when you look at more than just your top number. Mm-hmm. I am a two to the core, like the right, rest right. of the numbers. Like the two's driving Yes, driving your, exactly. your bus, if you but will. But people are going to experience the seven and the three mm-hmm. pretty strongly in relation to my two. And I think that has value. Well, and I think, you know, I, I said this um, maybe when Matt and I did the opener of like, there are a lot of Enneagram people out there that treat it like it's a paint by number. Yeah. Like here's your piece of the pie and it's this, it looks like this. And I look at it more as a watercolor and what yeah. bleeds because there's the you that God made you, your parents, your friends, trauma, experience, whatever you had to cope with, strategies you adapted to survive in your environment. Um, but like, I'm a 99.96 on the assessment. I'm like a 98.92 and a 98.71. To not acknowledge how much my two and my one how doing good and helping others motivates who I am would be completely missing a part of who I am. Yeah. I think it's also important, not like we tend to hear just because you can't focus on it all, right? Is to look at your top three. What are you bringing to the table? What are the things that are going to be tripping you up, right? My pride trips me up. My anger trips me up. To just say fear is the only thing that trips me up would, would diminish a real, that's not me being real with myself or others. And also others know it. (laughs) Others are experiencing the anger and the pride. Um, and so, and the fear. So, but there are other things I look at, like, how does my seven come into play? Like, do I ever play? Does it, you know, I have a very low five and a very low seven, which are both my wings. So I'm like, I'm no fun and I'm (laughs) stupid. You know, the five's like the wise person. And then my high one, I'm like, I'm not having fun. And I, because of my one, I shouldn't, and there's too (laughs) much to do. And, um, I don't even know what I like that. Like the way they play together is such an interesting thing, but I, I agree that it's remiss to believe that you're, you're just, 
are confined to one spot. We're so complex. And even the way you could have the same exact top three as someone else, but because of your family of origin, because of your, if you've experienced any trauma or abuse or loss, you know, you've had to develop some strategies there. Then you start meeting peer groups and like, who do I need to fit into the circle? Because we're all looking for belonging, right? Mm -hmm. And the ultimate belonging is to God right? Through Jesus and then through the church and like, what's the role I have to play? But we all kind of create some funky strategies that we might've needed to protect ourselves in one season. And in another season, we're repelling people, right? Like as a kid, you may have learned like, hey, the more helpful I am, the more popular I am at school. As adults, everyone's like, get out of my business. Yeah, leave me (laughs) alone. (laughs) Like what worked then Mm -hmm. doesn't work now. And so that's one of the things I think the Enneagram's so good about is to say like, what is the healthiest version of this gift that God's given you and steward it well? And when you're not stewarding it well, the brokenness that's going to get you, you know, each of the styles has the the different course in. And here's why I love it is because I'm probably going to get nowhere if I'm trying really hard every day to not be angry, not have pride, not lie, not be envious. You know, it's just like, I'm going to do everything, but nothing well. Yeah. But for me to go, you know, I don't super struggle. Like I have a very low four score or score. Like I don't super struggle with envy or lying. Um, and, not, and that's not saying I'm never envious. We're all, we're all, all of it at some point to some degree because all of them reflect God. Yeah. Right. So, but. But I'm scared every single day the second I woke up. I have a lot of anxiety that six. Like, I'm always thinking how things should be and who's getting it wrong. I'm like, have a very critical eye in that way if I'm not careful. And I do have that intuitive, like, here's a need you have. I'm going to meet it, whether you want me to or not, some days, you know, (laughs) or to cement our relationship in my mind. But um, the way that I I can release the things that aren't going to trip me up every day so that I have energy to actually make some headway on the things that are tripping me up all the time. And I think that's why we encourage people, like you said, to look at, look at your highest scores. And then for me, my seven is super low. So you know what my coaches, my counselors told me to do is they said, you need to give some priority to joy because my seven is my lowest score, my seven and my nine. (laughs) And like, you need to give some priority to joy so that you can find some peace. That's the nine. And so we don't want anyone just looking at one style. Like it's important to know your primary style and what motivates you and what's going to trip you up, but all of it matters. So I want to talk real quickly and take a second to talk about how to love the helper in your life. So I'm going to read off some things and then you can maybe elaborate, Megan, if You're like, yes, please actually do that to me. So the first one is notice and thank them for their service. (laughs) She's shaking her head, yes. (laughs) Helpers are doing so much. And oftentimes when we're on the receiving end of that, we can forget because we had a need and we're so focused on our own need, we forget to have the gratitude or acknowledge like, hey, you made all the difference. Thank you. Um, How to love a helper. Have them name one thing you can do for them. This is going to be terrible for them to have to answer. Just sit there and wait. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is don't don't overlook that one. Don't give up. Mm-hmm. Um, they will come up with something eventually. And if you make this a practice, like if you have a, a two in your life that you really, that you have a great relationship with and you're mm-hmm. entering into that relationship all the time, then make this a practice so that they get more familiar with you asking the question. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Um, invite them over when you don't need something. Reach out when you don't have a need. 
so that they're reminded that they don't just serve a purpose in your life, but that you actually really value their presence. This helps to helpers become healthy, the healthiest version of who they are. That's why our, our, our one anothering is so important in the body of Christ. And even for the people that, you know, your friends or people that aren't Christians necessarily, it's still the right thing to do because whether they believe it or acknowledge it or not, they're still the children of God though. But we become our best selves when we practice on each other doing right. And, you know, twos have, have instinctively created this version that if they do and meet needs, they have value. And it's going to be counterintuitive for them to know they have value in place if they're not doing something. So it's super important for the rest of us to engage it to when we don't need anything. This is where Matt's way healthier than me. They just want to be with us. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> how to love a two. Ask them to tell you how their time with God and family is going. Because if they don't have an answer, that's indicative to the rest of us that they're not prioritizing themselves. And we can lovingly encourage them to do that. Yeah. And we're not good at, you know, bringing up ourselves in conversation. I just had dinner with two girlfriends last night. And of course I went last. Like we did a round table and they like, we even sat in silence for a few minutes. And then one of them was like, hey, Ann, it's your turn. Like, how are you doing? And because it doesn't come natural to like bring up Uh what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I had plenty to share, but you have to. So make sure your twos know that you want them, even though you don't need them. (laughs) I say that so like pulling my I know, like you're wounded. (laughs) Um, How to relate to the helpers in your life. Tell them you appreciate them and be specific. Like, hey, thanks. Instead, say, hey, thank you for coming over and helping watch the kids. Thank you for bringing me dinner when. Like name it. Mm-hmm. Name what they've done. It just helps them feel seen. Um, be gentle if you decide to criticize them. Twos take it very hard being criticized. They they have they share a little bit of that with the one of because it means maybe they didn't get the helping right. So just gentle on them. Um, take an interest in their problems. They though they will try to hijack the conversation and focus on yours. (laughs) Let them know that they're important and special to you. Two, struggle asking for help with their needs because they feel shame of even having needs. Remember, that's the shame triad. Matt and I talked about that first week. Um, So let them know like, hey, you know, what I try to do is go, "Would would you be upset if I shared this need with you? So why are you upset that you're sharing it with me? Like I try to remind the helpers in my life that, they would never be upset or judge me or feel, you know, resentful of me for saying I had a need. And yet they do that to themselves. Yeah. So I try to put them in their own place, if you will. <laughs> um, let's see. Don't let them deflect so that they don't have to deal with their own needs. That one's really hard. They're going to deflect to mm-hmm. you. Questions to ask the helpers in your life. Are you ready for this? What do you need? They don't even they know, don't know. <laughs> but they need to know. How can you begin to take care of yourself? I would even say, what are you doing to take care of yourself? If you're a helper, you may need to pull in a friend and say, hey, I need you to do a regular check-in with me. Here's some questions to ask me. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, when did you allow others the joy of giving to you, of helping you? That is so good because twos do find an honest joy. Like you could ask people who aren't twos, I was going to throw Matt under here again, but like, <laughs> like he'll do things, but it's not like he's like, he's he, so that he can get to whatever he wants to do that gives him joy. Twos legit get joy 
from from doing it. And so with the twos in your life in a healthy way, when when they're helping you, they're getting a joy. So don't rob them of that joy. Um, but remind them of like, hey, that same joy that you get when you help me, I I get when I help you and you're robbing of it, me of it, of not letting me. And then how are you receiving and feeling loved? Because they're so focused on loving others that they don't even take time maybe sometimes to remember to feel loved or to acknowledge that other people are loving on them or that kind of thing. What are your thoughts on that? Those are really powerful. Um, I was thinking twos tend to be pretty self-aware or maybe more than others, Um, but they're so blind. I'm so blind to some of the things that are so obvious to others, like Mm -hmm. what I might need. Am I feeling loved? So I might, people might be thanking me and appreciating me and showing their love for me, but I'm mm-hmm. so distracted um, for any number of reasons, but maybe for other people that I'm not retaining that. I'm not receiving it well. So that question at the end of like, what are areas where people have shown you love? Just mm-hmm. reflecting on that and letting it soak in as a two that you have been appreciated. Don't just dismiss that mm-hmm. or you are loved. So. That's so good. Yeah. Megan, thank you so much for being on here today, for taking off time from your relaxation. I hope this was fun for <laughs> it you. Was so and not, fun. didn't I feel love like work. But I, I do think I want to just say to you how proud I am of you. I've known you since it felt like you were a young girl and now you're married, wife, mom, um, leader at our church. Megan works at our Moreno Valley campus. What's your role there? I'm the campus lead. I help yeah. Pastor Jeff run the campus. Nancy's a campus lead too. Both my t- first, I didn't realize that my, my first um, guests were both had the same role in that. But I love how you shared about how you've realized when healthy, your style actually brings good leadership. And that's true for every single style. Yeah, You know, we look at each other's styles and are so envious. Like, I wish I had some more of other styles. That gets me nowhere. Yeah. That gets me nowhere wishing I was something I'm not. But, you know, it gets me somewhere being the best version of what I am. And so I hope that this does that for people, but I'm actually watching in real time that do that for you. So thank you for being here. Thanks. So next week we're going to look at style three, the achiever. I go to the three when I am super, super unhealthy. I try to perform so that people will like me and be loyal to me. And it's an ugly mess. I'm also married to a three. So I have a lot of insight on the three. Um, So listen back next week because you might be a three and you can give some language to the way you function, um, maybe get inspired or just feel seen and known because we'll have a guest on here who is your people. But if you're not a three, this is still for you because probably more likely than not, you have a three in your life that you want to love and care for well and understand them. And so you'll get to learn about how to, how to do that. So, okay, we'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the Cultivate Podcast. If you were encouraged by what you heard today, we kindly ask you to share this episode through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Then tell a friend. We'd love our conversation to help you start your own. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and leave a review. We love hearing what you think and we know others will too. Cultivate Women exists to help women like you grow spiritually wise in a community of kindness. If you attend Sandals Church, join us as we live out what we're learning on the weekends by using our weekly reflection guide. This is written by women for women so that you can cultivate the truth of God's word into your life. Find it every Monday at cultivate.sc discussion. 
You can keep up to date on all things Cultivate by following Cultivate Women on Instagram and Facebook or by visiting our website at cultivate.sc. Because Cultivate is just one piece of the ministry at Sandals Church, be sure to find our current and archived sermons from Pastor Matt Brown at sandalschurch.tv or go to sandalschurch.com to visit a campus near you. Also, be sure to subscribe to the Debrief podcast where Pastor Matt is giving real answers to tough questions from the Bible. Find it at debrief.show or wherever you find your podcasts. Friends, until we meet again, here or in person, remember, cultivate kindness. Thank you.